Welcome to the Practice Power Play. Today is our third episode, and I have the pleasure of introducing a good friend and business affiliate, John Scoble, with Cost Segregation Studies Incorporated. We have worked with John on a lot of clients and saved them a lot of money over the years in terms of cost segregation studies for, um, for buildings, commercial real estate, as well as there's some really new exciting regulations coming through that really got enhanced with the CARES Act that John's going to talk to us today about and educate our, our, our audience as to how they can save significant dollars if they own their own buildings or have some significant uh, leasehold improvements on the books. Um, so, John, welcome to the, the podcast today, man. I'm glad to have you. How are you? Thank you, Chris. I'm well, and I appreciate very much the opportunity to have this conversation with you and your clients about the ta- tangible property regs. Well, we're really excited to have you, you know, because over the past, you know, we've had the opportunity to work with you and your company, Cost Segregation Studies Incorporated, on really helping clients save a lot of money. Because many times, whenever we see a client's tax return and they have their own building or they have significant leasehold improvements to a building that they may lease, um, we see a lot of times that there hasn't been very favorable tax treatment taken on getting expenses on those properties that reduce their tax burdens. And a lot of times it's low-lying fruit, you know, and I, you know, I hear that through the CARES Act, we've really got some really great opportunities enhanced for, for, for a lot of people that own their buildings and or have a significant leasehold improvements to even go back a few years and save some significant money. Because, you know, John, this year it's really, really important because with PPP loans coming through that look like they could end up being a taxable event, um, clients are going to need to have some advanced tax planning uh, to really help them offset any potential tax liabilities, especially during a hard year where we've had shutdowns and, and income interruption, et cetera. So, again, thanks so much for coming on. What exactly are tangible property regulations in, in layman's well, terms? They're also referred to as the repair regs, and they came about in 2014. What they provide is a clear guidance to a building owner, as you shared earlier, as to what they can expense and what they have to capitalize when repairing any asset within their building. So a lot of your uh, clients may have gone through some renovations or improvements in 2019 or maybe even part of 2020. And we want to make sure that we, in essence, categorize those expenses properly. Okay. And, you know, just for the audience, you know, typically for for those of you listening in the car or watching um, via podcast, the... The way that depreciation works, just for the layman out there, is if, if somebody you know has a five hundred thousand dollar building or a three hundred thousand dollar leasehold improvement, the Internal Revenue Service has basically a schedule on how long you can deduct those. You have to divide it by either thirty years, twenty seven and a half years, and there's a lot of different options. And again, just to to resummarize, a lot of times, you know, for lack of better words, there may be lazy tax preparers that just throw it right into the 30, 39 year property and do not maximize or enhance those deductions. And that's where John really comes in. And thanks for that uh, definition of the tangible property. Well, why are they so important? Why are the tangible property regulations so important right now, John? Well, 
it goes to a little bit of what you shared earlier, because let's say they expend this money for the leasehold improvement or even for the, you know, the internal improvements. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they come back to you and you need to decide, okay, can we expense this investment in the same year? If you can expense it in the same year that they do these improvements, that's a great benefit to them versus having to spread that cost over 27 and a half or 39 years. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the depreciation, but what it does, it front end loads or accelerates the expense. And anytime you increase your expense, you lower your taxes. When you lower your taxes, you increase your cash flow. Gotcha. That's a great that's a great summary. I appreciate that. So, you know, to 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 capitalize on that, you know, to capitalize on that statement, you're you're saying that there's, you know, potentially 2019 leaseholds, 2020 leaseholds or buildings that that may have been put on the books at 30 years, 39 years, 20 years that you may be able to go back and accelerate and recapture all of that either on an amended return or on a future return. So instead of spreading, let's say hypothetically, a $150,000 leasehold improvement that somebody put into their building, you may be able to accelerate that and get that tax deduction right now. Is that, is that an accurate summary? Exactly. And the greatest part is that it doesn't require an amended return. Oh, wow. It can, it can be built right into the tax filing which you prepare. And because you have an independent third party like us to prepare that work, it's an immediate acceptance because we stand behind what our work generates so that it's, you know, there are any questions, you're covered, the client's covered with an audit. Gotcha. And, you know, just to give some information, like cost segregation studies incorporated or a team of engineers that come in and do engineer-based studies on, on how these capital assets, these buildings and leaseholds are placed in service and can really peel out some great savings. Um, and so you just said that you don't have to amend prior years. You can basically make an accounting change and, and, and realize all of that on their let's say 2020 return since we just have a few days left in the 19 season. <laughs> well, and, and the, the, what it is, it, um, there's a form, uh, 481A, mm -hmm. it's, and what that allows you to do as their tax preparer is, in essence, bring forward everything that they didn't take advantage of. Seven years ago, they, they bought this building, and they didn't do or didn't apply cost segregation. Well, you have the ability to bring to 2020 those benefits that they didn't take care of. And again, there's no amended returns. There are no red flags raised. It goes immediately to the bottom line. Okay. I mean, that's some powerful stuff. Um, how did the regulations, do these regulations change past regulations? No, they clarify past regulations. And that was one of the biggest, I guess, uh, how can we say it, struggles that the IRS had. 
there were so many different past codes, regulations, etc. They took 10 years to finalize the TPRs. And so in a succinct manner, this new regulation, 263A, gives you, the tax preparer, a clear road of how to manage and how to apply the uh, tangible property regs. Okay, okay. Um, now, we've heard of the de minimis safe harbor. Um, what is that and what other safe harbors are there, uh, John? Well, let me back up. And, and a safe harbor gives you, the tax preparer, comfort that if you follow the safe harbor, the IRS cannot look at any of the entries that take place. So it's really a safe harbor for you as well as your clients. And there are several safe harbors. There's the safe harbor of uh, expenditures once a year that are $2,500 or less. And that's immediately accepted. Uh, then there's the safe harbor for repeated expenditures, such as repaving, repainting, re-roofing, that your clients do once every 10 years. And again, there's an immediate acceptance of these expenditures that you can write off. The next one, there's a, a safe harbor for a small uh, taxpayer. And, and that's a client that has uh, revenue that's under 10 million or assets that are under 10 million. And what that allows is that you multiply the building cost by 2%, and then you take the lesser of either that number or 10,000. And if that expenditure is less than that number, you can write off that full uh, expenditure as an expense rather than having to capitalize it. And being a safe harbor, there's no investigation, if you may, from the IRS. We want to we want to keep those investigations away. But the, <laughs> but the good thing is, if we have team you know partners like you with our returns and our backup, then we welcome any and all audit and, and reviews because you know eyes dotted, t's crossed, and uh, and again, you've been a great partner thus far. Um, in your opinion, why haven't business owners and investors heard of these regulations? Well, they, they've heard of them um, because the IRS, you know, they sent out uh, feedbacks to uh, the accounting community. And uh, again, it took 10 years to bring this about and four times in modification. But again, what came out of this effort is very complicated. Um, I don't know if you've looked at, but I've looked at the information within the IRS uh, website, and it's about 20, 30 pages of explanations, Q&A, about the TPRs. So, uh, again, to your point, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. This is all that we do. So we can spend the time to make sure that the numbers that are generated are compliant and that you and your clients 
<clears throat> get the benefit of the tangible property regs. Gotcha. Now, how do these regs fit with the cost segregation study? Well, that's a good question. They're both tax-saving opportunities. And you said earlier, change in accounting method. They're both a change in accounting method. They both require skill and understanding. And that, again, that's why your clients use Mahan and Associates. The big difference is the fact that cost segregation, <clears throat> that's optional. The tangible property regs, they're mandatory. So again, your clients need to make sure that the TPRs are properly applied to their work. And that's where we come in to support them and Mahan and Associates. So uh, that's, that's important because they're mandatory. You want to make sure you consider them. Gotcha. Now, did the CARES Act you know, affect cost segregation studies or tangible property regs? Well, they actually uh, affected both. And to your point, uh, this year is, is very important because they, in essence, uh, corrected what was originally uh, intended for the QIP. Uh, in the past, the QIP were recognized as internal improvements, but somehow they remained in a 39-year depreciation stage. Well, that was corrected. And so now these internal improvements can, in essence, everything that's identified at, as 20 years or less as a component can qualify for a 100% bonus, which means that they move into the five-year category instead of staying in the seven or 15-year category of expense. So that's a great benefit mm -hmm. of bringing that expense to a five-year category. The CARES Act also brought in the, the five-year carryback for NOLs, or net operating losses. So if you guys use cost segregation and the client applies it in 2020, well, let's say their year was not what they expected. Imagine that. And they've used all of that benefit, and there is additional benefit through applying cost segregation or the tangible property regs. Well, you can go back five years and apply that benefit to any net operating loss or, or in essence, tax liability that they have, you can match up that loss and lower, maybe even generate a refund. Yeah, well, and that's powerful stuff, man. Um, you know, and again, to kind of put it into into normal, you know, day-to-day -day applications, because I know we're using depreciation and QIP, which is Qualified Improvement Property, and depreciation and cost segregation, Intangible property—that's 
But in essence, we're talking about buildings and leasehold improvements in a, at an at a office, at a practice building that compare it to, I know that most practitioners are very familiar with 179, right? They, they go buy a, a CAD CAM machine or a laser or a, a surgical instrument. Um, they can accelerate it and take all of that depreciation in that current year. This is the same philosophy and methodology to your building that can really create some significant tax savings and tax strategy for the current year. And it's really powerful that you mentioned that CARES lets us go back five years now. So if we can generate a loss during this COVID year and we need capital and we wanna go ahead and get those deductions and get maybe a potential refund from prior years, this will be the time to do so. Exactly. And it's even more powerful when you look at the ability of, let's say, they purchased the building in 2019. Well, the five-year carryback allows them to go back even further than 2019. They may not have owned the building. That's okay. The CARES Act, in essence, goes all the way through to their K-1. So even if they didn't own the building, in 2018, they can benefit from the five-year carryback because it flows through, and you know more about this, to their individual K-1 income. Gotcha. So how do, how do practitioners today that own their building or have, again, significant leasehold improvements? And what that means, again, just to clarify, is if you lease, have a landlord but, you know, all practices had to do the leasehold improvements, the plumbing and the electrical and the drywall and the operatories and the waiting rooms and the and all of that stuff. So if they have either one of those functions, um, they likely need to reach out to you and let you guys look at, you know, what opportunities are there. So how does that go? If 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 I'm a if I'm a doctor and I, you know, lease but have you know a quarter million dollars in leasehold improvements that I put on my books or have a building, what what do I need to do to know if I need to call cost segregation studies and John Scoble, and how does that process work, John? Thanks, Chris. We try to keep it simple. Uh, what we need is the information from a tax preparer like yourself, and that if you have a depreciation schedule out there, uh, if they can email me that depreciation for their building, even if they've owned the building, let's say 10 years, and they may think, well, I've already used all of my five-year or I've already depreciated all of my five-year property. Well, no, actually, if it's set up on a 39-year depreciation and you've owned it for 10 years, you've only used 10 39ths of that asset. Right. What we want to do is identify those five-year components and fully depreciate them. We do this through a beneficial analysis. If you give us that depreciation schedule, we give back to you and your client an analysis that shows both sides of the coin. 
Here's the opportunity of, type of uh, cost segregation, and if there is an opportunity for the tangible property regs, we will recognize that as well on the analysis. We'll also give the other side of the coin. Here's the investment to gain the compliance study. If those numbers offer a multiple of benefit of eight to 10 times, why not move ahead with it? If it's, you know, only two times, well, again, we let you and the client decide, do we go further? And then, and only then, do we start our study? So there are a lot of things that we cover beforehand to make sure that their investment is worth it. So it's, it's virtually a no-lose scenario. If they've got leasehold improvements on their depreciation schedule, if they've got a building on their depreciation schedule, if they send that to you, you'll do a complimentary analysis to see what type of forecasted return on investment they would have in these tax strategies. Is that correct? Correct. Well, yep. well, that's awesome. Well, how do they how do they contact you, John? How do they go, how do they get partnered up with Cost Segregation Studies Incorporated to to do this analysis to see the benefit? Well, uh, either by phone, email, however they want to, you know, contact me. My email is John Scoble, that's S-C-O-B-L-E, at costsegregationservices.com. My phone number, 615-476-7449. And again, <clears throat> even if they don't have a depreciation schedule, let's say they bought the building in 2020 and their tax preparer has not prepared a depreciation schedule. We only need some basic information. The cost of the building, the type of building it is, and when they acquired it. Given those three elements, and of course, if there were any building improvements, let us know that, or any renovations, let us know that. Given that basic information, again, we use our 16 years of experience in doing nothing but cost segregation, we give them back and their tax preparer an analysis for them to look at and exactly what you said. <clears throat> Here's the bottom line. Here are the tax savings that you can realize. Here's the investment that you, can, that you make. We want to make sure that it makes sense for everyone. Gotcha. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Again, that's a practice power play right there where you can go back five years, amend returns, create operating losses just by sending your depreciation schedules over to John Scoble and his, his company called Segregation Studies Incorporated. And you have nothing to lose and a lot to gain. So again, John, thanks so much for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you, Chris.